everyone. Welcome to Sick in the City. We're Amanda and Mel, two sick chicks spilling the tea on chronic illness. We are back. It's been a little while and we are back at it. We're so excited to cover this episode today. We're going to be talking all about alcohol and drinking with chronic illness and otherwise and giving up alcohol. So I think it's going to be really fun. So let's just dive right in. And Mel, I'm so happy to see you today. How are you doing? I got a little emotional, like hearing you say our intro because I was like, <laughs> it's been like so long since it we recorded. Oh my God. And we wanted to clear the air. Obviously like the, the elephant in the room is that we're not posting as often as we used to. And we haven't really talked about it at all. We have So I figured we should, but we just been busy y'all. Like we were so busy and we wish we had more time for the podcast, but we want to make sure we're giving you guys the best content humanly possible. So we want to take our time with it, give you what you deserve, which is yeah. the very best of us. And we've just been so busy with work and Amanda getting ready for her wedding, which is very soon. Yeah. And we just got back from her bachelorette party last weekend, which was so fun. Right. And which we have so much to talk about because of that. Like, I do. feel like, yeah, it's, I think, I think what we're ultimately deciding is that we're probably going to put out one a month or whenever we have a topic that we really want to cover just to, you know, to Mel's point, right. Give you guys the best possible content possible. And we just, yeah, we have a lot going on. There's a lot we happening. Do. We yeah. do. I'm learning so much to the point where I feel like I'm in school. Like, I feel like I'm in your level of adulthood at this point, because <laughs> I just started this new job with this doctor, but at the same time, I'm also training and like learning and I'm cramming my brain with all this new information. It's amazing yeah. information. I'm so excited oh, yeah. to learn all this. But it's a horrible place of adulthood. I don't even know <laughs> if we can say it's part of adulthood, like going to school and working. I feel like I'm like a We're child next- again. Yeah. I know. Back, back in school. Yeah. Definitely. The good news is over the weekend, you know, I was an outsider coming into Amanda's world. I was amongst a group of friends who have known each other their entire lives. And Amanda's two cousins who were amazing and so fun. And I really didn't know what to expect. I knew we would have a blast because I love you and I, you know, we get along so well. So, but it was just so shocking how seamlessly like I fit in. Like I did not blink an eye the entire weekend. I never felt uncomfortable. I included myself in all the raunchy conversations and just (laughs) felt so at home. And (laughs) I love how you say raunchy conversations because I feel like that pretty much sums it up. But no, you, yeah, you fit in perfectly with everyone. And I knew that was going to happen. Rob was asking me when I got home. He was like, how did Mel do with everyone? I'm like, oh, (laughs) I forgot that Mel didn't know everybody because she just totally fit right in, like was chatting with everybody. We covered a lot of topics, definitely a lot of raunchy topics, a lot of, (laughs) a lot of girl convos. And it was just so nice. I feel like it's so rare to get to hang by the pool, even just like anywhere, right. With your girlfriends and just chat about things and and catch up and, you know, tell stories. It's just been a really long time. I think for, for me to be able to do that was so nice. Yeah. It was a really nice little break from reality and just to chill and relax. And I'm the tannest. I feel like I've been in a decade. You're glowing. I've never been as glowing. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens when you move up here? You just get, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're officially a New Yorker now tanner here than you were in Texas, which makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, Totally. Perfect weather weekend. Like absolutely yeah. unreal perfect and then sa- sunday we wake up and it's like raining and and it's like oh, goodbye everyone it's been real everyone's you know like tired and hungover and we're we're not yeah <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> which is what we're talking about today right like so i exactly it was it was so nice i i had so much anxiety leading up to the bachelorette in general because i personally have never been to a bachelorette where i didn't drink So Mm -hmm. the fact that it was my bachelorette, I think was giving me so much anxiety because I was like, oh, it's now been, I guess a year and a half since I've had any alcohol. And I was like, how am I going to navigate this? You know, and we've spoken about this before on here where, you know, when I, when I asked you to come and, you know, be like, you know, my partner and all this, like, please be there with me. I was like, am I going to be sober? 
And I wasn't sure. And even up till the day I was leaving, I had in the back of my head, if I feel like drinking, I'll drink. And I, and I didn't. And that was really eye opening for me when I got home, I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even feel the desire to drink, which is so weird. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. Like once you kind of figure out that you feel better without alcohol, like long-term, you know, it's not like you have to wake up and experience the side effects of like a night of drinking and and you wake up and you have energy and you're like, well, like you don't, I don't know. And especially with people who are comfortable with you and, and that you're comfortable with that know you and support you. It's like, especially because it was your bachelorette, you know, yeah, it, it would have been a totally different situation if you'd gone to a friend's and they were like, let's rage. And you're like, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> yeah. the vibe was set. And like, it was the chillest bachelorette and it was so nice. And like, just goes to show that you can have fun and enjoy yourself with your girlfriends. And like, you don't have to go rage at the club. Like you don't have to, if you don't want to. And yeah. And I, my job, my duty, I was like, okay, girls, like I'm bringing the mocktail ingredients. Like I'm going to make some fun summer drinks. And like, you just, not, you don't miss it. Like half the fun is like yeah. having a fun drink in your hand and like feeling like you're a part of the cheers moment, you know? And yeah. so it was a, it was a really good time. And I actually did, I did want to like surprise you a little bit because I kept a list of some of the things that happened throughout the weekend that I wanted to discuss on the podcast. Oh my God. This is like a fun activity because I don't know, <laughs> it makes it more fun when you're thinking about these things when they're happening. And something that you said that I wrote down that I thought was so oh, funny. No. I don't even remember where it came from, but you were like, you said something about praying to the party gods. <laughs> And it just came out of you like so effortlessly. And I looked at you and I was like, writing that one down. <laughs> yes. Praying to the party gods is what Meredith and I, we believe that they were real, by the way. These are people. Okay. The party gods were, okay. We used to pray to the party gods when we would sneak out of either her parents' house or my parents' house. And we would pray to them. We would close our eyes and hold hands and we would be like, please, please party gods, let us not get caught sneaking out of the house. Oh God. Anyone who's we never got caught. (laughs) Yeah. They, they worked. (laughs) They were as powerful. The party gods are forever in your favor. I'm sure they've protected me and other things than just that. But of course it wasn't dear party gods, keep me safe and alive. It was dear party gods, please (laughs) let us not get caught sneaking out because we'll get in trouble. <laughs> like any teen's concern would be really, but I did also write down that the wedding invitations you sent out recently had this little card that yes. was the RSVP card. And there was a question on it that asked like, what's a fun song you'd like to hear on the dance floor? And I was like, okay, I need to give this a lot of thought. And I brought it up or somebody brought it up. And we all started talking about like which songs we put on the card. And, and I was like, yeah, it was a tough decision. Cause every part of me wanted to say soccer by the Jonas brothers, but I'm like, yes. Amanda is classier than the Jonas brothers. So I cannot say that. I mean, and- it's debatable, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the Jonas brothers, but I was like, I don't know that they're going to be playing at Amanda and Rob's wedding, but it really took me like a good five minutes to think it through. And I, it was thoughtful and I, I really, you know, sent it off with intention. And then you tell me that that was all total BS, that, that, (laughs) that list is not going to any DJ, that that was just like a fun thing that you guys decided to do. And I was like a little hurt. I feel, wait, so there's so many things to unpack here. So one is I do not remember adding this to my invite. I don't remember. I mean, to be honest with you, my invites, when we, when they got printed, I didn't remember that this is what I had even picked out like at all. Like I was like, oh, I, I thought that that back, the back of like the um, invite was a different one. So I was like yeah. very confused. So this is like just the way I've been handling the wedding, right? Like with everything, I'm just like, I don't remember. So some, somebody must've told us maybe the woman that did the invites that this was a great idea. So I completely forget that we do that. The invites go out via my mom and mother-in-law, like helped me send them out. So I forget that this is on here and they go out and then they start coming back and we are getting the craziest shit from people. My uncle typed out a pa- typed 
and was like literally like a C attached. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. People have been taking it so serious. So then we get to the bachelorette and you guys are all like, I don't, I can't send it my, some people are like, I can't send it my invite. I, I like my cousin was like, I, I can't answer the question. And I'm like, guys, I'm not doing anything. Are you, have you all met me? Are you kidding? I am so not doing anything with this. These things. What am totally I fake. Totally, totally fake. fake. I'm like, it sounded cute, but I don't know. I may have to now because everyone's taking it so serious and Hey, let's work for me. Just give it to the DJ. But yeah, like my uncle was like, see attached. And then I responded back to him and was like, you can speak to the DJ directly. I, what am I doing with this list? Seriously? Just like pass it along. Be like, here's yeah. all the songs my uncle wants to hear tonight. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So yeah, that is hilarious. Everybody. Yes. Everyone was taking it very serious. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe I will, but yeah, that's kind of, I just really needed to confront you about that one and then publicly humiliate you just a little, like, <laughs> I am the worst bride ever. I think a couple of weeks ago, my mom was like, you know, I've been hearing that there's a lot of people out there who are bridezillas. These people, my friends tell me that like they've had daughters who are bridezillas, all stuff. And you're, you're really not cut to like a week later, like her and I are arguing at like 7am and she's like, you need to make a decision. You need to make decisions. I'm like, who needs decisions? Nah. It's fine. You it'll work decision. itself out. It'll work itself yeah. out. I'm like, who cares when the flowers get delivered? <laughs> oh God. Uh, we just need to get through till October. <laughs> and totally. You'll, you'll be done. <laughs> totally. So yeah. Uh, so that's amazing. I think I laughed so hard this weekend that I lost my voice time. I mean, I always lose my voice, but yeah, definitely. You also said pronounced a word that I wrote down that I, it like weirded me out the way you said it. What? Drawer. Like D-R-A-W-E-R. Yeah. Draw. Drawer. You said draw, right? Drawer. (laughs) You you said draw. You said like something like draw. And I was like, what did she just say? What do you say? Drawer. No, it's draw. No, <laughs> it's draw. <laughs> no, like, okay, let's see. Like, like now, cause now you're confusing me. Now I'm saying it. Like I would no, say that's the way I, you said it. And I was right. like, what? Right. So let's see. Okay. So if I'm going to get a spoon, I would get it from the draw. Yeah. I know that it's not spelled that way, but that's how we pronounce <laughs> it over here in New York, over here in Tuckahoe. <laughs> I just feel like I have to bring up these things. Every time I hear you pronounce something differently than me, I'm like, we got to get this out on the table. It was, it was disturbing to me as a child to learn that it wasn't spelled D-R-A-W. I was actually very <laughs> upset about that. I yeah. that was one, Same thing with idea. I did not know until I was probably in high school that it wasn't idea with an R because that's how we pronounce it. Like I have an idea. And so it took me a long time. Now I think I say it right, but I didn't oh know. God. Well, I just had to, had to pick that ball Thank with you. you. For that. Those were really the highlights of the weekend. Oh, good. Oh, good. Are we, we're done with this segment. <laughs> we're done with this segment, <laughs> but on to bigger and better topics. And yes. honestly, like something that it wasn't even a theme of the bachelorette weekend was how you and I weren't drinking. Like I know that yeah. you especially expected that it would be. And I've come to realize that, especially as I've gotten like older and it was something I was looking forward to getting to my thirties for mm-hmm. like I was like people don't drink as much when they're in their 30s it's really it becomes less of a big deal right. because I remember when I was like 22 and fresh out of college and all I did any social event it was just like drinks like so many yeah. drinks yeah and at the time if I met like a friend or somebody that didn't drink I was like what are we even gonna do together like part like my early 20s brain just yeah. couldn't fathom yeah. why anyone wouldn't drink. And totally. that's where I came from. <laughs> no, same. I mean, even thinking about times like after college, doing things like Whole30 and giving it up for a month was so difficult. Like I remember even when I was dating Rob, getting questioned by people that if I was like doing a whole 30 and they'd be like, Oh, are you like pregnant? Like there's no, it was like, there wasn't like any other possible reason besides being pregnant that you would not drink. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. Cause I, I'm so far removed from it at this point that I kind of have to put myself back in that place, which is so funny because I think I gave up alcohol in 2015 
And uh, like just background wise, I know for you and I, we both came from a huge, huge party lifestyle. Um, and I went to Indiana university where, I mean, if you guys know the Hoosiers, they, they party and (laughs) it's just wild. And I have some crazier drinking stories than like a lot of people I know, yeah. which I didn't realize at the time. Um, and I know you well, do you just too now. Assume, well, yeah, now, you know, all my, all my hidden stuff, but you assume that people do, I guess, like yeah, when yeah. you kind of come from that type of environment. Yeah. And so I wouldn't have ever thought that alcohol would have been making me sicker at the time. And I just, you know, Justin and I had just moved in together when I started having like weird reactions to it. And I know I've talked about it in other podcasts, but just for the purpose of this episode, yeah. I started noticing it the last time I got drunk ever, uh, was a stupid night and it started with mimosas. Like that's where I think I went wrong. It was like a Saturday Ugh. night and I drank yeah. like three mimosas because the pitcher was like on happy hour or something. And we we're like, right. why not? And then we ended the night with like, uh, Wells tequila. Like th- that's how we ended the night disgusting. Ugh. It didn't even taste like tequila, but anyway, long story. <laughs> But I ended up getting so sick and I like threw up and I wasn't even that drunk to the point where I threw up. And then the next morning I woke up and my hangover was so intense. And in that feeling didn't go away for like weeks for weeks. And that's kind of the first moment I realized something was up with this. Like my body was really rejecting it and I didn't know why. And then the last time I drank was at brunch and I had one glass of like champagne with a little bit of orange juice. And I could barely walk home. Like we went across the street to brunch and it was such an immediate reaction to the point where my body just told me, you can't do this anymore. Sorry. Like it's done. (laughs) And Justin had to like carry, like carry me home. My equilibrium was so off. I like could barely walk. And at that point I just decided cold Turkey, like cold Turkey. Okay. I can't do this. And now I just have to figure out like, my why, you know, cause I, f- I feel like I find a lot with chronic illness is that if you give people a reason, if you're not just like, Oh, I just can't do it. And they're like, right, right, I just right. can't, I just can't like people leave you alone when you tell them like bluntly what's going on. And right. Right. So that's what I really started to do. I was like, I have an autoimmune disease and drinking alcohol makes me sick. And like, it was just that simple. And people were like, yeah. Oh, okay. And then I had to start getting used to like going out and being comfortable, like around right, my friends. Right, who drink. Right. I think same thing for me in terms of like finally giving it up. Like, I think that when I started taking antidepressant back in 2019, which not that long ago, mm-hmm. but then I finally felt like I had a leg I could stand on. Cause I had wanted to, and played with the idea for a long time, but then I was like, it'll interact with my medication. Like, and no one can argue with that. You know what I mean? Like nobody can say like, ah, come on, like, you'll be fine. You know, because with chronic illness, it's difficult because like I, at the time when I was dealing with fibromyalgia, like there was also this line of like, it would make fibromyalgia like worse for some people, but then other people would drink to deal with the pain, you know, like, so there's like this kind of dichotomy that happens within chronic illness with drinking. Um, but once I started being like, and to myself, but also to other people, like, I'd be like, you know, I'm on a medication. I can't, I can't drink everybody would back off. And then I was like, that's it. And then I just like stopped, yeah. never drink again. Yeah. It's funny how we look for those like excuses. Cause I yeah. do even before Socially. I was sick. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, I mean, part of it too, though, was like, I mean, just personally too, in like in private, like drinking with Justin, you know, he wouldn't have made me feel bad about not drinking, but I still wanted to be able to, because so much of our social life revolved around it. You know, he and I going to to breweries together on the weekends or going out to get a drink after work together. And it's like, what's going to happen to my relationship if I give this up? Like, is he going to still want to go out and do fun things with me? And it's, it's like your whole life kind of has to change at the beginning. Yeah. And that's hard. And it is. Yeah. And you have to be, I mean, there's so many elements to it, right? Because like you have to also then become first you, you know, figure out your why, right? Like here's why I don't want to do it anymore. And then you deal with, like you were just saying, like figuring out what you're saying to other people. Cause you sort of like need this social like barrier. Then you have to get comfortable being in social settings mm-hmm. 
and also be accepting of being around people who are drinking mm-hmm. and who are drunk because that's also another layer to all of this is like even like I don't care if Rob and I still go out and do things and he drinks and go, we go to an event and he drinks. We, he doesn't drink that much at home during the week anyway, but he'll have it a beer occasionally or, you know, whiskey, something like that. But if he gets super drunk, I do still get annoyed. You know what I mean? Like I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, which is it. I'm a human. Like right. there's only so much that, you know, like I definitely don't want to be out with him or anyone that's blackout drunk, right. but that's kind of part of the territory. You like, you decide not to drink, you have to, you know, and you still want to go out. Like it's kind of part of it. I was just, I just told this story recently about the first time I went back and visited my college with all my friends when I was sober. And it was like the biggest party weekend of the entire year, which if anyone's a Hoosier, you'll know little 500 weekend, like it's you party all day for seven days straight. And all my friends were getting together for a reunion. And I was like, I have to go. Like, I have to go, even though I can't drink, like I have yeah. to go. And that was probably the first hardest experience I had where I did kind of have some social anxiety because yeah. friends that didn't know me that well were there and were like, why aren't you drinking? Like, it was like, who would ever go to little five and not drink alcohol? Like it just was unfathomable yeah. to some of these people. And I was so tired and especially staying up late with everybody. I was trying to like dance and have fun and like make memories and take pictures and like get all dressed up and everybody's pre-gaming and you don't go out till like 10 or 11 at night. And those are the nights where it's the hardest because it's like, I'm so tired. Like you're also exhausted. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not drinking, I, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying that is like, it's, exhausting to then be around like you don't want to be out like that like it's not like you're like oh yeah I'm gonna and I was and have always been the person that like I I don't have an off switch like I Mm -hmm. also am five feet tall I get blackout wasted like I I can of course go out and have a couple glasses of wine but if I'm going out drinking I'm like end up being the person that blacks out it's bad 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 right but so like, I would be, I'm always the last person. I'm always the person still drinking when everyone's dying. I'm still like the last person there. Close the other bar. Let's go to another bar. I'm coming to the other bar. Like, so yeah. that for me, like too, is like, I, but now I'm like in bed by nine o'clock. So like right. everyone's going out. I, you don't want to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you just, you're like, all right, great. We had fun. We laughed. Like now it's done. Yeah. It was like midnight. And I told all my friends, they wanted to go to another bar. And I was like, listen, I have to go pick up a coffee if we're going to go to another bar. Like, I'm sorry, I need a coffee. And so we go, we, I get a coffee and the guy at the door is like, you can't bring like liquids into the bar, you know, like you can't do that. And I'm like, listen, I'm sober at little 500 weekend and I need this coffee. And he just looked at me and he was like, go on in. <laughs> he was like, you're totally fine. Bring that coffee with you, ma'am. I totally understand. And that was the first moment I realized like no one in the history of the world has probably done this before. Like, (laughs) but gosh, I mean, like the social anxiety of it, I think we both have learned a lot about how to manage feeling like a fish out of water in those settings. And, um, I mean, I I was kind of curious, like what brought you to the decision to ultimately quick, quick. Cause yeah. I was, was taking your meds the day it was like over. So it's been, it's been a journey. I think it, it's been coming, I think for the past few years, like I, you know, like I said, like jokingly, obviously I like blackout. I am not a good drunk. So I get really angry and I get mean and it, I am really, really fun up until that point, but I have been known to have fights with Rob, you know, and have just things happen that I'm not proud of. I feel like I was constantly, especially I would say as I started to get sick because I did have all this anger and all this pent up emotional stuff. And I would just like be kind of like dealing with chronic pain for as long as I did. Like it wasn't I had some stuff, right? So like I would drink and then if I got really drunk, I feel like I would always end up doing things that I regret. And then I would have so much anxiety from that. Like 
And at almost a detriment of my relationship, you know, when Rob and I first started dating, it was doing Whole30 and I wasn't drinking. And so Rob met me sober and we would go out to dinner and stuff like that. And of course, drinking was a part of our relationship, but it never was like that big of a deal. And so like, I feel like if I would get really drunk and get into a fight and say mean things and like, I just would like always find myself regretting things. So that was Mm -hmm. like one. Two was I would get very, very sick, Mm -hmm. um, which I never used to do. God bless being in your twenties and Mm -hmm. in my case, teens, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, fresh livers, fresh, right. Like I've literally been drinking since I was 13 years old. I went to the hospital for drinking the summer going into my freshman year of high school. So I have been drinking. Yeah. Like hospitalized for alcohol poisoning. I had cut open my elbow. Like I, Oh have been doing damage since two decades now. Right. So like it's, it has to come to an end at some point. Mm. And then I started realizing that when I would drink, even if I had one glass of wine, I wouldn't be able to sleep. So like, even if I did something like super mellow, like I would go away for a weekend with my mom, like a couple of years ago, we went to Maine and this was like, start when I was started to like get, start giving it up was that like her and I went out to a wine bar and just had a couple glasses of wine, like super chill. And then I didn't sleep the entire weekend. And yeah. And when you are chronically ill, I need every like ounce of sleep that I can get. Like, do not mess with my sleep. That (laughs) does not like fly with me. So I feel like it was like all of those things. And then also learning that it was just making me feel like shit. And as I cleaned and cleaned and cleaned out my body and was detoxing and doing all this stuff, I was like, how can I be this person that does all these things and then turn around and put toxic stuff back into my body? Like, it just makes me a hypocrite. And I, when I stopped, I've only in the last two years drank twice during the stop period. Once was a Thanksgiving with Rob's mom. And I just (laughs) was drinking wine and like living La Vida Thanksgiving. And then two was our wedding last June, Rob and I proceeded to get blackout wasted <laughs> at oh our wedding, <laughs> um, which like, you know, t- the other piece of all this stuff too, is like the mem- remembering thing, like our, the night that we got engaged, we went out and I blacked out and I don't remember anything from like our engagement party, essentially, like all our friends surprised us and like met us out and like our family. And I like missed all of that. And I hate that, but like, yeah. same thing with our wedding. Like we got married in the backyard and I remember that. And then I don't remember anything else. And I woke up completely naked and did not have my phone. This is after my wedding. Like, oh what? my God. Like horrible. It was out in the car. I had to go at two o'clock in the morning, go out in the car and get my phone. Like I was doing find my phone. Like crazy things. And that was a lot. That was actually the last time that I drank. I said, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing the star wedding next year. Like I am done. And yeah. Yeah. You're still fresh. You're still fresh. on the I'm sobriety still fresh. Train. Yeah. It's been, I guess. Yeah. So two years with a couple of hiccups, I guess. Yeah. What have been the like things you'll go to if you feel like wanting to like have a drink, like some of the things that have helped you yeah. in this transition. Cause I know a lot of things that have helped me, but I mean, I've been doing them now for like six years. So I know. <laughs> well, and I think we were kind of like probably feeling the same over the weekend, right? Like I think mm-hmm. definitely you'll agree with this one, like having a drink in your hand mm-hmm. being out is really helpful. I have drank more seltzer and probably last weekend too. Like I was drinking more seltzer and mineral water than I have in my entire life. Like I was just <laughs> peeing nonstop. Um, so I think having a drink in your hand all the time is really, is really good. You know, something that you like, because what was kind of happening in my head a couple of times, like I remember going to the bathroom and being like, okay, I could put vodka in this mocktail, but then it'll make me feel like shit. And I feel drunk 95% of the time anyway, whether it's my chronic illness or my personality, (laughs) like, like I was saying things and you guys were like, I can't believe you said that. And I was like, I'm sober. <laughs> like I would like spill tea. I'm like out of control. I so, feel like dealing with chronic illness too forces you to get to the point of not being shameful about anything you have. Who to you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or who you are. Or who you right? are. Yeah. You know, it strips like, you down. It strips you down. And like, yeah. you just get to the point where you don't care anymore. Cause you, I mean, we talk about coffee enemas like on our podcast, you know, people yeah. know we put 
coffee up our butts, <laughs> you know, like there's no shame. There's no shame. If we're not drinking alcohol, like it's just, you get no to the shame. point where you don't care and you just, yeah. all you want to do is feel better. Yeah. And, and again, like, I feel like, so another thing that always strikes me too, is like drinking alcohol to me, at least was a coping mechanism for anxiety. So it wasn't just like chronic illness stuff, but also just like social anxiety. So like yeah. going out and being like, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to talk to these people. So you like drink more. I feel like that's something that you really, really need to deal with when you stop drinking, because you need to really face who you are in social yeah. settings. That's something I don't think I've really thought about. And now that you say that, I do feel like I'm a much more confident person in social settings now because you have you it forces you to be yeah, you have no comfortable, crutch. right? Like zero crutch. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I have to say what I'm what is in my mind right now. And I don't have anything to help me out <laughs> to feel comfortable. Yeah. And I do think that that's why I probably had a lot of social anxiety at the beginning because I'd never yeah. been in that kind of a setting around like a bunch of people who are like loud and conversational and like flirting, you know, there's so many things happening that like, like, man, I've never done this, like not drinking, you know, and I, it's a happy perk. You know, I think that comes out of this is finding confidence in whatever you're going to say. Yeah. You know, totally, totally. And I think, yeah. So I think it's like, so my go-to yes, always have a drink, have a, have a plan, bring them with you. Same thing with eating. Like we say with different diets, like doing that, I think is really helpful. Um, what about you? What are some other things that you think have helped throughout the years? Yeah, I it's whatever you traditionally would have done. So like, I know some, yeah. like my mom, like she loves having her wine, like on, on like weeknights. And then, you know, everybody has like their traditions that are their favorite things. Like, right. you know, if rituals, it is, right. Exactly. Like we thrive on those, like it's comforting to us. It's a part of life. And I do think it's important to kind of keep those traditions alive. And so if like drinking wine is your thing, um, you know, sometimes I'll recommend, filling up a wine glass with yeah. like a red drink or something like, uh, I'll recommend this cranberry detox drink is what I call it. It's like cranberry juice with apple cider vinegar with like soap, soda water and lemon. And you put it in a wine glass and it's like bitter and, you know, it's almost like you're drinking wine, you know, sipping yeah. on things and finding like fun things you can sip on if you want to make a flight of something. And uh, just kind of finding replacements for all those fun things, like, like the mocktails yeah. I made, you know, last weekend, it's like yummy grapefruit juice and lots of herbs. Yeah. And it's like you it, adding a little bit of honey and you don't even like miss the alcohol being there. It's, it's more about like the fun of it all. Right. And the, the memories. Yeah. 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 Totally. The cheers, exactly. the cheers at the party, the cheers you're posting on Instagram. Like right. we got, we got some, um, some mocktails at the restaurant. We got these little like Moscow yeah. mules without which alcohol, was great, which is great. Perfect. Like yeah. all you want to do is sip a cute drink and a cute glass with your friends. Like at yeah. a restaurant. it's, it's funny you said that. Cause I love pure cranberry juice. And so I think it was the morning of that. We were leaving. We're getting ready. I was doing my hair and we got these really cool cocktail glasses for my shower, like for the wedding. They're like kind of like chalices and so I had that with sparkling, um, water. And then I had like these frozen passion fruit, like cubes. So I had them like in there and Rob was like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, I like, I like to party. <laughs> like, I like to party. Oh my like, God. What's wrong with you? I'm oh. like, so what? I drink my cranberry juice. I also use cranberry juice instead of wine in my photo shoots, but that's, yeah. that's very hush hush. You'd see me do that. You're like, is that? Wine? Out of a I, like no. I remember I asked you about that. I was like, why is there a massive glass of, of wine in this photo? <laughs> like, what aren't you doing? Yeah. But, but like if your friends or if, if your people are taking shots before you go out, like fill up a freaking shot glass with something, you know, like you can still yeah. take a shot. Like it doesn't have to be of alcohol and you're not gonna feel the burn as much as everybody else would. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, it's just finding those trades and like figuring out what's going to help you still enjoy yourself and still make memories without the alcohol. And yeah. you can still do all those things. And I mean, just getting vulnerable, like I, it, it really is hard, you know, it's hard at times. Like, I'm not going to say this is all rainbow and sunshine. Like there was yeah. a point where honestly, like Justin, and I almost broke up because like, I felt bad that yeah. I couldn't go like 
be the fun 24 year old that he fell in love with when I was 21 years old. But that's just a part of the journey. It's like realizing we're not going to be those people we were when we first met, like we're going to grow and we're going to grow together. And I do kind of think that was a big turning point for us was when like you realize your partner or your friends or your family, whoever is your support system we're like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Like you can change all you want. Like I'm, we're going to change together. Right. right. And it's, yeah. And, but it's and a better you is better for the relationship in general. Like I say to Rob, cause Rob will say things like, you know, I think, you know, Rob and I, our big thing together is fall. We are just like huge fall people. We love pumpkin beer. We love all that stuff. And I said it over the weekend too. I, the one thing that I miss is just having a cold beer. Um, mm-hmm. and I love, love, love pumpkin, pumpkin beer. And so like, for me, like that season comes around and I'm like, uh, and you know, Rob said something recently, just like, oh man, like we can't, you know, go do our like thing and get pumpkin beer and all this stuff. And I was like, you like me better like this. Like this is better for our relationship. I'm mm-hmm. a better version of myself. So like just that reminder too, for me, like that this is better for me, for our relationship, for my family. One, it's better for everybody if I'm healthy, mm-hmm. but also you like hanging out with me more when I'm sober. Trust, yeah. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> I am not a wallflower in any way, shape or form. I do not need alcohol to be nuts. Trust me. Yeah. Just and, like- and I've actually had like a few reminders lately of like why it has been so beneficial to give it up for as long as I have, because I'm to the point in my healing journey where I've, I'm doing well enough that I can try drinking from time to time, Mm -hmm. which has been really weird for me, to be honest. Like I still haven't quite figured it out, but it's funny because even now, like trying it again, it's making me wonder like why I want I wanted to be able to drink for so long, you know, for so many years, I was like, yeah. uh, like, I hate that my body can't take this. But at the end of the day, really, like it is so inflammatory, like it's so inflammatory. And it's one of the things I feel like so many people react so strongly to, especially yeah. with autoimmune disease. And so I'm like trying to figure it out. At first I was like, I'm just going to drink on like special occasions, you know, like I think for so long, I was like, I want to be able to pop a bottle of champagne the day I get engaged. But now I'm like, honestly, I don't even want that. Like, I don't think we'd even do that. Like, we- <laughs> Right. Well, it's silly. I, things like that start to matter less as you kind of go through this journey. And I will say to be fair, one of the years that I have been sober has been COVID. And so mm-hmm. it's been I will say easier in that aspect because I have been able to avoid a lot of events as I've been getting more comfortable with being sober. Like it does become more difficult in those types of environments, but I, I would love to just hear more about the reintroduction process. Cause like, to me, it almost sounds like it's like when you break up with somebody and then you miss them and you go back and you're like, Nope, now I remember why we weren't together. (laughs) Girl. No, that's spot on. I mean, it's funny because like my sister's living with us now too. And my sister and boyfriend are both like the life of the party. And so it just makes me want to have fun. And I, I have missed being able to just like have a casual drink and like be okay with it. And so it's definitely something I've been messing around with, like trying to figure out what I can handle and what I can't. And so I've started, I kind of started off with some low sugar ciders. So it's like, it's apples, it's fermented, like, especially up in New York, there's so many yeah. cideries and there's this really great one called Kings highway that they're like keto friendly cider and it's dry and it's got ginger in it. And, you know, I had one and I felt fine and I've taken it very slowly, like so slowly. And on those days where I do have one, like I drink a ton of water, I take activated charcoal before I go to bed mm-hmm. at night, just in case, you know, a precautionary measure to make sure that, you know, I'm not feeling it the next morning, but I've been lucky that I haven't had any bad reactions. Um, but it also is to the point where I've like, let go of my special occasion role. I'm like, Oh, it's yeah. Friday. You know, now it's like slowly creeping back into more of a normal routine. And there was one weekend where I had like a couple drinks, like two nights in a row And then the next day I kind of had like a bit of reaction. So it's like just trying to figure out 
your like limits, I think with the reintroductions, because part of me is like, I don't even need it. Like, I don't even need it, but it's good to know that I'm not afraid of it anymore. And right. It's there. It's, and, and that's what I think, you know, my point is too, about giving myself that freedom over the weekend. And I felt like that was really powerful because that's what I believe about everything, right. With, with nutrition, like with everything, you know, is to me, it's easier to take it one day at a time, one event at a time, one moment at a time, than it is like, I'm going to be sober forever. I'm never going to drink again. You know, even though we've all said that after a night drinking, Mm -hmm. like to me, it's like, if, if it is not a situation in which you are in a, you know, like if it's not a dangerous situation or a situation like that, cause I do want to kind of put that aside. Like this right. is like a thought, like I, you know, you're, we're making this choice. It's kind of like, okay, well, if it's Christmas and I want to have a glass of wine with my family, like that's okay. And then if I don't, that's okay too. And then you make the decision in the moment. You don't beat yourself up for what that decision is, but then you feel like you're more free than, than being like, you can't have that. You're not going to drink. And then if you see it and you're like, don't tell me what to do. Like, I'm gonna, like, I want it. You know, that's right. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And finding balance really and listening to your body and really trying to realize what your limits are, especially in the depth of your healing, because it does take years to get to the point where I've been able to tolerate a little bit. And, and I'm very thankful that my body is well enough now that it's not knocking me on my ass like it used to. But at the same time, I'm realizing too, like, I I don't really need it. Like, I don't really need it as much as I desperately wanted it those first couple of years that I gave it up. And I knew that it would only hurt me at that time. And now that I can, it's like, do I even want it? Like I'm to that point in my life. And it's very interesting. I think all the chapters of a healing journey, it's, it's reassuring to know that like, you can get to the point where you can tolerate a glass and be okay. But it's also Mm -hmm. good to know that you don't really need it when you get to the day that you can. Totally. totally. Yeah. (laughs) And I think like, I think for me, just one last bit of advice is to find people that understand what you're going through for chronic illness and for, for things like alcohol. Like I think having friends who understand and who have been through it, do make it a little bit easier or just, you know, you get other advice, other ideas from people or things. There's, um, a friend of mine that I have met on social media reached out to me, I would say about a, a, a week or two ago, actually saying that they wanted to give up alcohol and they were just asking for advice and, you know, always happy to like help with that. And, you know, practitioners too. Right. So like, I mean, just, you know, your nutritionist should know behavioral and nutritional things that can help you with that kind of stuff. So I just say like, honestly, reach out for help if you need it. Cause it is overwhelming. And we're, I think we're, you know, we're definitely glossing over how difficult it is. Cause both of us have really like survived this and, you know, but it, yeah, just connect with people who understand what you're going through and make it a little bit um, easier and feel supported. Yeah. Community is everything. And I think when you find people, you know, especially like as soon as a man and I met and we knew we both didn't drink alcohol, it's like, well, yeah, like, of course we don't, you know, like we're in the same boat, like we, (laughs) right. Right. And it's it's so important to find those people that you align with. And I think that it, it makes the transition a lot easier when you have people that are on the same page as you and totally that's definitely the best lesson I think we've learned. <laughs> yeah. And find just your people <laughs> find your people. Yes. And speaking of finding your people, we have to jump into hot gas because there's so many things coming out so much going on. I'm I don't even know. I mean, where do we start? Yeah. So, okay. I'm, I mentioned this recently that I've been so overwhelmed by how many shows are coming out because I think we watched so much during quarantine last year. Mm-hmm. And now all of those shows that I just was like, oh, I'm watching this because it's on Netflix. Now they're all coming back. They're yeah. all, and it's it's so much. There's like a new show every week. And so we we wrote down some highlights. We'll try to cover the highlights, but Amanda and I both realized, especially at the bachelorette party, that like our knowledge of television <laughs> and especially young young adult television is really strong. So- this is this is where we thrive. Yeah, we love it. It's so fun to talk about. And the one show that nobody at the Bachelorette party had watched was Panic. And Shocking. we got some really upsetting news this week about Panic. And I just for a moment am 
go and embrace everybody who has watched it because it has been canceled. Oh, I can't believe, first of all, I can't believe that other people hadn't seen it because I feel like that was like one of the best shows I watched all summer. Like that was my highlight. Like, oh gosh, love it so much. Watched it twice. Might watch it again. We'll see probably in a few (laughs) months. Um, but I, I am okay with it being canceled. I do. It did end on a cliffhanger in the last second, which I think that they could have gone without. And you said, you know, they, they did leave some nuggets of information that haven't been uncovered, but overall, if they had just ended it, I think they could have probably closed the loop Mm -hmm. of it just being a mini series. And I think it would have been fine. Yeah. Cause the, the writer, the season one was based on the book panic Mm -hmm. and the author of the book wrote the screenplay for the show. And she was, I think the director as well. So she had full control over the way the show was going to go. And she decided to draw out the story to create like a second season. Technically Uh, season one is the whole book and that's it. Like they could have been a beginning. Right. I mean, not that I don't want more Ray because I just, want more Ray all the time in my life. I think I couldn't see where they were going to go in a second season. Like I, I am now becoming in my old age of watching all these shows out of here. (laughs) I, in my old age, I don't like when shows get beaten to the ground or ruined anymore. Like, and even, even shows that I really like watching and they get to like maybe a fourth or fifth season. And I'm like, guys are like ruining it. Like, stop, just make it end, like end it where, you know, I hate, I hate that. And I think both of us, I well, not specifically me, but I know you did kind of voice concern about how you're worried Outer Banks is going to get to that point too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. season two of Outer Banks came out last, was that last week? No, no. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Thank God. I was like that. It's been a fast week. Um, but we both binged season two so hard. And I will say, I am still so obsessed and I loved it. I loved everything about it. It was so good. They, they need to, in order for Outer Banks to continue, they have to do what they did with this season, which is they kind of turned it in on another character. Yeah. And that's what I think makes sense if they're going to continue doing it. What I don't want to see from Outer Banks is them get into this, drama hole I'll call it where they just like start doing ridiculous things to keep the story going where it's like random people start showing up alive like nobody ever dies like that kind of thing I just can't with that because I just feel like it just ruins the whole thing so I just hope that they continue to have a story and if they focus on different characters like I think that would be great but like it just needs to not be soap opery and I felt like they were kind of teeter-tottering with the soaps this this time and like slight spoiler alert but like literally every main character had a near-death experience in season two let's just brush over kiara almost drowned in like Mm -hmm. the underground pipe thing jj how did he almost die like always almost dies yeah but pope like almost died twice almost like you know when he fell off of that the roof thing with the cross oh, almost fell on yeah. him. And then the crazy people, like the Limbry woman almost like kidnapped him. And then, then like, Oh my God, John B almost got bitten and eaten by the freaking alligator. Like well, and they almost died rushed constantly. over that. Yeah. yeah. And then poor Sarah, like twice almost died. Like I kept realizing by the end of the season, I'm like, how did they all almost die? And then all make it out alive. Right. Well, that's the thing. And then it's like, there's only so many times that people can be like running, running, running from, from something. And it's like, oh, they almost got him, but they got away. They almost got him, but they got away. And that's like, we were comparing it to, um, Outlander, which I don't think you ever Mm. watched. So like the first season of Outlander, the second season of Outlander were just like, holy shit good like just oh my god this story is incredible and then it's like you start to watch the seasons and the seasons go and it's the same thing it's like they almost got it but they they almost got and then you're like okay how many times gonna watch this whole thing over again like it's it's the same thing so I just hope that they continue to be creative in the the storyline and don't keep doing that because like I I can't 
handle that. And I, I don't like the violence. Like I also think it's like for people that like really love the action, yeah. they're like, Oh great. Another chasing scene. I'm like, fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones that I loved. I was like, yeah, it's like the scene, um, in Charleston when yeah, that's what I was thinking of meets back up again. Yeah. Uh, I lost my mind. I was screaming. I that, mean, was, that was great though. That was great. I loved every minute of it. Highly, highly always recommend outer banks, but I know I, did want to talk about kissing boots three because that just came out on Wednesday, oh, Wednesday on Wednesday of this week. And I was able to watch all of it this morning. Amanda hasn't not watched all of it yet, but shocker. She spoiled it for herself. <laughs> I already know what happened. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I actually, wait, this is really funny. I know you didn't watch game of Thrones, but I had, I think the article I read was, was kissing booth pulls a game of thrones or something like that and i'm like what does that mean and then like ended up ruining for myself but it really what they were just saying because it went ahead of the books so like the books didn't come out entirely before this movie came out oh that's interesting yeah whereas like in the same thing that happened with game of thrones like the the last game of thrones book is never going to be written because the show ended you know what i mean like they never and so it went different because they just kind of like did their own thing. So that's kind of what happened with this. And then I will watch it. I'm sure I will. It's just that when I read what happened, I didn't feel like I wanted to see that play out. Is that horrible? Yeah. So spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> this is probably going to be a big spoiler, hot goss yeah. segment, <laughs> but yeah. So I watched it this morning. Don't listen to this if you haven't watched Kissing Booth 3, but, but all in all, like she doesn't end up with anybody like and you know she kind of goes and does her own thing separate from the boys from the brothers because in the moral of the story really is like you have to figure out what makes you happy and not like go and do all the things that they want you to do you know for their right. happiness and that happens all the time in movie that is actually not new <laughs> right no I'm so angry I'm so angry I know. about it I know I, I get it I didn't know like- what I didn't know what to expect with the end of this series because a huge part of me was like, what is going to happen? Like, how are they going to end this? Cause the first like movie, first two movies were pretty chaotic, like with Elle and, and Flynn and yeah. their constant, like on and off and not trusting each other and like him being a bad boy. And is he cheating on me? And it's, it's just been chaotic. And like, I, I didn't see it ending well, which like, I'm still kind of, happy with the way they gave us somewhat of a happy ending for like them at the end of the movie which uh, you haven't seen quite yet but yeah I know I'm they ride off into the sun sunset on their motorcycles I read it <laughs> <laughs> but they like fast forward into the future I uh, yeah okay so you did I know that. I know I know everything I was just kind of over it by the end of it to be honest yeah well you know and I feel like this that this has been done a bunch of times right like I mean this is not new even it's the same thing that happened with, um, to all the boys, right. Mm-hmm. She ended up choosing her own, her own path. This kind of is the thing. It's like, I get it. Like she should be able to choose what she wants to do. It's up to her. It shouldn't be, I was watching it in the beginning. And when she immediately decides that she's going to Harvard, I was mm-hmm. like, how are they that like that's early so that makes sense to me but I just like seeing a happy ending I don't like these movies where people end up not I don't know like we just watched a whole movie a whole series of you guys trying to get together and at the end you're not going to get together like give me a break I mean technically they did yeah happened a million years later yeah like (laughs) so such a child I need a happy ending (laughs) no I did too and like I don't know why part of me too, like you were like, no, you gross. But part of me was like, maybe she'll end up with Lee, like with her best friend. Cause like, to me, that kind of also, I know, I know, I know. That would have been so weird. Well, a big part of the storyline was that like, they both kind of started getting like jealous, like, like, um, of each other's like new friendships of them. I don't know why to me, that is just in, that would have been like my fun, happy ending. I don't know why it's like the best friends always end up together the whole series of like the movies in general it wasn't like my favorite but I've thoroughly enjoyed them I think the second one is by far the best one um without a doubt I mean Marco come on like I know I don't it's it's interesting I I don't know as I was watching I watched the two yesterday so I was like watching all of them 
And honestly, it's like they all started to annoy me. So that was also why I didn't finish watching it because her, her and Lee are annoying sometimes. Like they're just like so dumb they and are. just like immature. And I just was like, I can't watch this like stupid thing. When they were like finding, like when they were doing the toy room, they're like, bitch, bucket lit. I was like, I'm not doing this. I <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to watch RuPaul. I'm out of here. Yeah. So. Sorry, kissing booth. I mean, it was it was fun. It came and it went, and it's it's all good now. The, it's fine. The thing I did want to mention though, because last episode we were about to start watching Never Have I Ever, but we didn't get to cover it. I mean, I, it's like one of the best things I've ever watched in my life. It's one of my all-time favorite shows. But all I'm gonna say is the Paxton coming into the window out of the rain, kissing was like. One of the best things I've ever seen in my life. So good. Oh, it's such a good good. show. Well, I was just going to say in terms of like third movies, the other thing that comes to mind is after. When is that coming out? I think it comes out next month. Okay. So yeah, look out for that one. I also know how that one ends because I read the book. I don't know if they'll keep to the book, but I did read it. October 23rd is when after, wow. after we collided. So excited to see that toxic relationship play out once and for all. <laughs> the, the last one is like bad, super, super toxic. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I wait. don't even know how they're going to do it in only a couple hours, to be honest, because I feel like that book, that book actually spans over several years. So I don't know what they're speaking of toxic relationships. I just binged all of F boy Island. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I told you I was going to watch it, but I like saved any information I had about was it, it what for the podcast. Happened? Yeah. Tell me. We loved it. Like I wasn't going to watch the show, but Justin, my boyfriend was like, it looks really funny. And then my sister wanted to watch it. So we were like, I was like, okay, fine. And now we've watched the entire season, like all 10 episodes are out on HBO max. And it is funny. It's funny. I mean, if you like that, like love Island, like bachelor in paradise kind of vibe, it's, it's a good time. And it's the people are likable and a lot of them are way, way more attractive than I've seen in a lot of other reality shows. So I'm, I'm here for it. There's some Hmm. sexy men in there, but before we wrap up, I was curious if you had any kind of final thoughts about the season of the bachelorette, because I have to like walk away with my tail tucked between my legs because you won (laughs) once again. I didn't even remember that. I would have forgot. I can't believe like no part of me ever thought Blake was going to win. I'm just, I don't even know. I mean, I thought that I I will say this. I thought that when I took that stance, but as the season went on, I really did think she was going to pick Greg. I was kind of like, I have no idea what's going to happen. When Greg left, I was like, shit. How are yeah. they going to end? I really did feel, I, I had kind of already given up on Blake. I was like, no, she really likes Greg. I, I feel a little blindsided by what happened. Me too. And I still don't know how I feel about it. Like I, it was kind of a letdown of a finale and I, I didn't really enjoy it. Like as, as happy as I am for like Katie and Blake, I just think the whole situation was such a bummer. Cause I think Greg and Katie really were very good together. And if they had met not on the show it would have easily worked out and so it kind of took me out of the magic of the bachelorette like love story you know because the reason I think I liked Greg and Katie so much was because of how real their relationship and their connection was and so when that crumbled I was like well she doesn't feel like nearly the same yeah about these other guys and like she seems so happy with Blake though like she legitimately seems really really happy with him and so I'm like I don't know I definitely cried I know that um (laughs) I know that uh your sister did too and (laughs) I yes I was I don't know why I just Rob looked at me all like tears coming down my face. I just it was a good love. proposal. I mean, I'm, I'm was happy good for them. They I had to rewrite sense. my vows <laughs> or write my vows in general. I was like taking notes. I'm like, yeah, hmm. oh my god, from yeah. Blake Moines. From Blake, <laughs> I I think up until then I was like, oh, like she told him all this stuff about Greg, and he was like, okay, what? Yeah, that was yeah. It was, it was a awkward. Weird finale. It was a weird finale. It was, but I think that they look happy. I really, 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 really hope that they're soulmates and that they're 
meant to be. I really hope it works out for them. I really do. Cause I, as soon as I saw Blake and Katie together, I'm like, wow, they look good together. Like they make sense. Their energies are so similar. Yeah. And I, I'm very hopeful and I, I hope Greg, you know, finds what he's looking for too. Cause I, I do think he's a good guy. Um, he is. I think his emotional outburst gave me PTSD from dating super sensitive, emotional guys in, <laughs> yeah. in my past history in life. And so I immediately started to dislike him. Um, because oh. I was like, so I, I was calling him really inappropriate names that I shouldn't like while I was watching it. Like, I was like, you wimp, like Rob was like, stop. What's wrong with you? I'm like, God, let's just stop. But oh yeah, I'm God. sure he's a you know, he seems like a nice guy. I just yeah. cannot tolerate that kind of energy. Like I'm like, please stop. Yeah. And now, you know, this Monday tonight, if you guys are listening to us on Monday is bachelor in paradise. And I am beyond yes. myself excited. Here for that. I, Here I for need that. the trash. Please give yeah. it to us. I think that'll be good. It'll be a good palate cleanser. <laughs> oh yeah. So look forward to that guys. We have really enjoyed chatting with you today. We're so happy to be back and And if you don't hear from us for another couple of weeks, just stay tuned, look out for our episodes and subscribe. So you get notifications when there are new ones. And if you like what you've heard, as always subscribe, give us a comment and we will talk to you guys next time. Stay healthy. Uh